0: of Hope is dedicated to making a difference in the lives of people with cancer, diabetes, and other serious illnesses, with a mission of transforming the future of healthcare by turning science into a practical benefit. Hope into reality. This is City of Hope Radio with your host, Melanie Cole.
1: If you suffer from overactive bladder, there are some lifestyle changes that you could make which may help to alleviate your symptoms. My guest today is Dr. Seth Cohn. He's a urogynecologist at City of Hope. Welcome to the show, Dr. Cohn. What is overactive bladder?
0: Melanie, so overactive bladder is essentially urgency and frequency. So as people people live their lives, some will complain that, you know, geez, you know, Doc, I feel like I'm running to the bathroom all the time. Every 30 minutes, I got the urge to go. And when I go, sometimes I make urine, sometimes I don't. And it's it's just the sense that your bladder is controlling your life.
1: And so, if women have—and we're mainly talking about women today, yes—these
0: are this is a symptom complex that that impacts both men and women, but 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 certainly the prevalence in women is is much more significant as as we age.
1: So, what is meant by the term voiding dysfunction?
0: So, voiding dysfunction is a catch-all. So, essentially, it's saying that. Hey, listen, this person has a complaint about their urinary function. Maybe it's a weak urinary stream. Maybe it's I gotta go to the bathroom all the time. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a sense of incomplete emptying of the bladder. And it happens in the sexes for different reasons. You know, it, perhaps a more specific description is Men have a prostate, and often their prostate is the source of their lower urinary tract symptoms, their voiding dysfunction. Women, it's a little different. It's just it's actually changes in the pelvic floor itself and in the bladder itself. And so when women come in, it's really less of a question of something obstructing their urinary symptom. Men, it's usually a prostate obstructing the urinary system, uh, their urinary system. In women, it's usually just pelvic floor laxity and, and changes as they're, as they're getting older.
1: So this is pretty common among adults, but is it a normal part of aging?
0: It, it tends to be a normal part of aging. If you came in and said I had urgency, frequency, and, and voiding dysfunction, for all intents and purposes, we wouldn't label you as, as being abnormal or having a concerning disease process. This is something that, that we see fairly commonly in people as they get older. There are subsets of people that certainly have specific diseases that do contribute to very specific voiding dysfunction issues. But in general, this is not something that, would, that we would label you as unusual or someone with a real significant
1: issue. And are there certain things, Dr. Cohn, that would predispose us to these voiding dysfunctions or an overactive bladder? Is alcohol an issue? Is our weight an issue? What are some of those lifestyle things that might contribute?
0: Oh, sure. And and, and this goes to kind of the heart of conservative therapy and what we can change and how we can manage this. So when someone comes in, and let's focus on women because because that's going to be uh, that's mainly my practice. When when a woman comes in and, and she has urgency and frequency and, and incontinence, urgent incontinence, meaning she feels like she's got to go to the bathroom. She's really trying to make it and she doesn't make it in time and unfortunately has an incontinence episode and and, and 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 soils her undergarment uh there are things we can do to make this better without surgery without medications and so one of those things is weight loss that's always going to be a positive in the eye of the physician okay the other thing you can do is avoiding bladder irritants and that is alcohol that's caffeinated beverages there's these are things that actually when you drink them teas sodas coffees these actually irritate the bladder itself. And, and I'm always surprised, though, when I tell that to people, they have this wide eyed look like, really? And it's always, it's always surprising to me that people are shocked by this information. But, you know, I personally believe that when you're younger, your bladder can tolerate these irritants a little more readily. There's a little more reserve in the function of the bladder. But as I was saying, as people get older, as, you know, once again, as women get older, their pelvic floor changes, there's more pelvic floor laxity, there's less hormones, the muscle of the bladder changes. And, you know, you're not, your bladder is not the same uh, at 45 or 50 as it was as, as 20 and 25. So, you know, drinking some alcohol is going to impact your need to go to the bathroom much more differently when you're older.
1: So you can kind of point out these triggers, and if you pay attention to what you drink, you can start to notice which drinks are causing more problems. Is there any truth to the cranberry-bladder link?
0: There is. There is. And it, really, that goes to specifically to urinary tract infections. So, so cranberry does have some superb uh, um, chemicals in it that, uh, that do help prevent and keep away symptomatic urinary tract infections. And some of this, you know, there are actually medications out there that are extracts, essentially, of, cranberry, of cranberries, and, and people take them and they help. But that's really to prevent urinary tract infections and symptoms of urinary tract infections. What what we're really focusing on now is is just urgency and frequency itself. So things you can do to to kind of manage that symptom complex of feeling like you need to go to the bathroom all the time, like you're you know you're gonna maybe have an accident on yourself because you can't reach the the bathroom in time. So you can avoid those bladder irritants. You could lose weight. I tell people to look at it like communication in a relationship. So so your bladder is in a relationship with you, and really bladder becomes a poor communicator as it gets older. It's not a good communicator. I mean, you know, maybe it's kind of like men. You know, They're just not good communicators as they get older. And you can't rely on your bladder to communicate well with you, so you have to take over its management. So I always suggest people not wait for the bladder to tell them, hey, I need to go to the bathroom. By then, it may already be too late. Your bladder is already unhappy. It may leak without your permission. You should preemptively go to the bathroom. If this is a problem for you, set your Apple iWatch, or your watch, or your phone, or whatever you have for every two hours during the day, and when it buzzes, go to the bathroom and empty your bladder. This way, you're preemptively emptying your bladder, and you're not waiting for your bladder to give you a poor communicating message. That is too late.
1: Dr. Cohn, what about your colon? If you're constipated, does that cause issues? Can that actually push down on the bladder and cause or exacerbate your problem?
0: No, sure. It's a great point, and, and there's no doubt there is a strong connection between bowel and bladder, and so if you're severely constipated, undoubtedly you're going to feel like perhaps your bladder is being compressed and, and, and you can't store urine as well. I have women that, that have come in for examinations with this specific complaint of urgency and frequency, and we do a pelvic exam, and they're in severe constipation. I can't even, I can't even uh, place a speculum because there's so much impacted stool, unfortunately, in the colon. And, and one of the things we work on primarily is, is for them to really try to get into a regimen, maybe prune juice, maybe it's stool softeners, maybe it's laxatives, where they can really empty their, their, their rectal vault appropriately. Now sometimes there's some other issues complicating that like, like vaginal wall prolapse or rectal prolapse, but but for usually for all intents and purposes it's important for people to, to recognize like the like the bladder changes as you get older. The bowel changes as you get older, too, and, and and you need to help it along and empty just as much as you need to communicate for your bladder as your bladder is not communicating as well as it used to.
1: We hear about pelvic floor exercises, Dr. Cohn, for women. We hear about Kegels and that we can do these things and work on them. But is there bladder training now you mentioned, you know, going on a regular basis so that it doesn't fill up? What about something like timed voiding or, you know, stretching it out? Or, I mean, is there any way to train our bladder?
0: there certainly is and this you know the, there's different terminology people use for this cycling the bladder or whatever you want to me call it i mean this is a little bit about what i was referring to as far as going to the bathroom every 2 hours that that's essentially time voiding and time voiding i think is a great way for someone to manage a situation that has gotten out of control meaning they feel like they're running the bathroom they can't empty and so i think things you should do in, in concert with time voiding of trying to go to the bathroom in a set amount of time without waiting for your bladder to send you a message, is really getting rid of those bladder irritants, the caffeine, the sodas, the alcohols. Also, it's really recognizing that, that you know, your bladder um, is a muscle. And, and like any muscle, that sense of urge, when, when you need to go the mass, mu- muscle contracting and saying, hey, I'm not happy, I'm not happy. And so, you know, you, you want to do everything you can to give yourself a happy bladder and not put it in a situation where it's going to cause you lifestyle, like uh, unhappy lifestyle changes.
1: And do you think women with overactive bladder would benefit from pelvic floor physical therapy?
0: Certainly. So, so for those that, that, would like to pursue it and are are going to be committed to going to to pelvic floor physical therapy and it can be extremely helpful and that's biofeedback that's kegel exercises there's some really great apps now out on the phone that can help uh, that can help augment these exercises you can download but a real there's no real replacement for an excellent pelvic floor physical therapist and so if you're someone who's going to be committed to going those to those sessions every week and you're going to do those exercises at home no doubt doing kegels and a lot of other different pelvic floor muscle exercises can really put you in tune with the pelvic floor and can help you suppress some of those urges that you'll have at times. So certainly pelvic floor physical therapy could be a very productive part of a conservative management regimen for someone who's committed to doing those exercises.
1: So wrap it up for us, Dr. Cohn, with your best advice for overactive bladder, avoiding dysfunction. If a woman was to come see you with this problem, what do you tell them every single day and why they should come to City of Hope for their care?
0: Sure. So uh, to start with the, the latter part, City of Hope provides a wonderful, wonderful array of tertiary care services. So we have physicians, including myself, that that see extremely complex issues and are extremely happy to manage those issues because we feel like it's our mission and it's something that we're devoted to. But more specifically, when women come in and see me, and and occasionally some men, for for the most part women, they come in and see me and they're saying, hey, listen, I'm going to the bathroom all the time. I'm leaking on myself with urgency. I can't make it. We talk about a couple of different things. Number one, I have them keep a diary. Because sometimes our subjective assessment of how often we're going to the bathroom and how much we're drinking is not reality. I think it's important to document the objective reality of what you're drinking, how often you're drinking, and how often you're actually going to the bathroom. And I give you the tools and and the equipment to do that and do that for about two to three days. so We have an objective assessment. Then we talk about those conservative lifestyle changes, losing weight, avoiding bladder irritants, time voiding, perhaps biofeedback and pelvic floor physical therapy. And all those things taken in concert may be enough to get your quality of life to where you want it to be. Certainly, there are other things we can do beyond that, medication, surgical interventions, but we always start with the conservative stuff first, because I feel like if that's enough, we don't need to do anything else. That's fine with me. I'm happy with that.
1: That is just such great information. Thank you so much, Dr. Cohn, for being with us today. You're listening to City of Hope Radio. And for more information, you can go to cityofhope.org. That's cityofhope.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.